Hello, and welcome to the next in our series uh, of podcasts of transformational leadership, the art of communication. I am your hostess. My name is Nicole DeVincentis. I'm the founder and the president and you know, the sassy, classy, and badassy woman <laughs> who came up with the Transformation Gold Coaching and Training Academy. I own that 100%. You know what? The more work I do on this, the more excited I get to be, you know, a part of it. Um, and I just got so much great content for you guys. So today, you know, I'm on a roll. I think this is like the third podcast of the day. And what started out as a podcast series of of what was called The Art of Recreating Yourself, uh, dovetailed into It's Never Too Late to Recreate Yourself. And then we went into some Monday motivation. And then if you look back like through the, through the menu here, we moved into a segment of transformational leadership, specifically on the art of communication. Now, the reason why I do this, sometimes for me, you know, my brain, it, it, it's like, pretty busy inside of there and things for me I tend to follow a general like not script outline of things that I need to cover and other times I am more loose on my thoughts and I just like to I like to get my ideas out um, so that I have more room to do the things that I can actually you know yield a result on but one of the things that came up for me uh, in coaching some individuals over this past weekend. Now, I am, I work as a muscular development coach. I work as a life coach. But if if I were to quantify this as like one thing, I would consider myself to be a transformational coach. I work with individuals on the individual level, you know, individual like life coaching. I work with individuals who are heads of organizations, they're business owners, they're C-level executives, they're, you know, leaders of teams. You know, I come in, I do work within an agency for everybody who's looking to change, whether this is straight up health and fitness, whether this is in how an individual thinks, whether this is champion mindset coaching, anybody, any group who wants to grow from where they are to, to something bigger and better so that they can become something bigger and better, they can yield higher profits, they can be more productive, you know, whatever that looks like. So, you know, I'm kind of like chiseling out, you know, what exactly it is that I do. And it's definitely in that realm of transformation. What I'm going to tell you is that wherever you fall on the spectrum and, you know, I've dealt with, you know, women who have been in abusive relationships and have left and are now branching out into going back to work or establishing a new safe and secure household. Sometimes those women have been held down for so long that they have, I don't want to say fear, but they've never operated in a free space where they realize how much, first of all, how much strength they harness, how much strength and power they actually have within them. And they're timid to put their feet out there. They just need a little bit of wind underneath their wings to let them go. And man, those women like crush it. They do awesome, awesome stuff. So I work with that. And I also work with, you know, some very, very high level achievers, high level producers who have no problem with just I'm doing this thing and they, you know, achieve high level results with it. Wherever, you know, you or an individual falls on that spectrum, every single person reaches a point, I truly believe, in their life where they're having to do something different. Like they have to have a new version of themselves present because they're they're taking on new responsibilities, whether this is personal or professional or you know, for the high level achievers, high producers, oftentimes what happens, and I'll group myself in this too, is that we can be so highly focused in production mode that you reach a point in your life. And oftentimes you can do this as a sole proprietor, like you are it, like you're moving, you take action, you, you're pretty self-sufficient, like you do all this stuff. And then one day, <laughs> one day it comes time where you want to expand and now you have to come back and build a team but you don't necessarily have 
it sounds so fundamental and it is, but you haven't operated in the space before. It's fundamental like relationship and communication skills. Whereas on the flip side, maybe the stay-at-home mom may have some fundamental relationship and communication skills, but now when she moves out into professional space, she doesn't see how she can ever become that professional because for the past 15 years, she's just been, you know, wiping snotty noses and having, you know, conversations with children and moms from the PTA. And so what I'm saying is that there's this time when you're doing something which is completely new and completely different from anything that you've ever done before, my job is to help you bridge that gap and to narrow that chasm that that has you stuck making you think like, holy shit, like I, I suck at this. Like I, I just can't do this. I don't think I can ever aspire to do or achieve this. And that's really where the art of recreating yourself kind of came through whereas you know what is that space where you haven't achieved results whether because you haven't ever been in the position to do it or you've tried and you have failed and you walk away from this thing and even if you don't say it in your gut you have some backline operating system where you just you can't even imagine yourself doing it or having it or becoming it because it's like literally that foreign how do you make that mental leap? You know, we talk about over here that in order for you to have a specific outcome or achieve a certain goal, you actually have to become that person who does the stuff, who makes all decisions as though you have that goal. But if you have a fundamental problem where you can't envision it, you can't see it, or you have no frame of reference, I have never seen, like for example, this happens on high achiever, high producers all the time. Maybe I've never seen what a quality marriage ever even looks like. Everybody I know is divorced. Every man I know complains about their wife. Every woman I know, all she does is spend money. The kids are brats. Like, and that's your day-to-day normal. And you can't even imagine like what it would be like to have a peaceful, loving relationship and family life. It's foreign. Does that make sense? Or life has legit sucked for every single second and I've been walking around on eggshells making sure that nothing explodes, you know, because things are so bad here at home. I can't even imagine what it would be like if I were to be able to speak and actually share my ideas or contribute with my strength and my gifts and either not have them batted down or completely like chopped off, but actually embraced and used to propel an organization or initiative or movement forward. Like what would, what would it even be like if people were nice to me? I know it sounds crazy, like, but everybody has been in that space. And so when you're recreating yourself, probably what that means is, you know, you have your own values inside, but every next level it, you have to, it's like, it demands a different version of you, a higher version of you. And a lot of the work that we do on the personal and professional development front has to do with its educational So presenting truths that really challenge what you have believed up to a certain point, whether, you know, you have family traditions, you know, or you grew up and everybody in the family told you like children are meant to be seen and not heard, or you've grown up on the opposite end of the spectrum where you have been given everything and now Like you don't know how to provide for yourself. Like everybody, you know, has their shit that they bring along and there has to be some beacon of truth. And so a lot of times in this professional and and personal professional development space, we put the truths out there for you and help you to shave off just either the beliefs or the identities or the behaviors or the thoughts that no longer serve you. And then we fill in those gaps with different either tactics and strategies or pieces of information that help you to, to learn the things that you didn't even know that you don't know that become life-changing for you. And all of a sudden, you have some sparks of positivity and momentum underneath you. 
And that's what lifts you up off the ground. And then we assist you in continuing forward, taking the forward action towards your goal. Now that we have the spark of momentum, we can help to steer you. But where do what happens when you are that entrepreneur who's ready to grow? And let's say now you're building a team and you're not getting the results from your team you have to look at yourself. And so if we kind of like bring all this together, oftentimes when you're growing, let's let's talk about communication here for a second. You know, I can be emailing all damn day, but my people don't do the stuff that I'm telling them to do, or I said something and they didn't listen or they didn't follow through, blah, 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 blah. Oftentimes it can cause you, once you move yourself into that leadership role, where you look at yourself first as the as the causative problem, it's not the other people, it's you look at yourself first, you know, where did I fall down, is that oftentimes you can back yourself into a corner where you may not think I'm ever able to have this particular outcome. Because I, I, no matter what I do, I'm just spinning my wheels, I, I just can't even imagine it. I'm like, so like, you know, shelled off and walled off that I can't even imagine what it would be like to have this other thing over here or to be able to do this other thing. It's so far away from me that what we also do is we have to assist you in, you know, opening up, you know, getting, venting it and letting some light in there to show you how you can actually move your mindset from, you know, putting yourself in the corner to all of a sudden now championing your goal. And so with this, what I'd like to introduce, you know, moving back towards our, our beginning podcast that are recreating yourself, we were talking about how do you make that mental leap from where you are to that person that who you want to become when you've never done it and or you can't even visualize it. And so with this one, what we did, okay, so starting, this is going to help anybody who is anywhere along that spectrum, is at first we real, we made a list of the things which no longer serve us, okay? Then we moved it. And if you didn't listen to these podcasts, I invite you to go back, you know, and then come back up to this one because this is, you know, like living continual learning here. So, and then the next one was we made a refusal list, the things that we refuse to tolerate. So we refuse to tolerate a loveless life. We refuse to tolerate um, disrespect. We refuse to tolerate employees who steal from the organization. We refuse to tolerate, um, I don't know, People who who don't shower, I I I'm like stretching at all these different places. I refuse to tolerate, you know, broken appliances at home. I refuse to tolerate, um, I don't know, not having enough money or saying I don't have enough money. Like whatever the goal is for you, you make that refusal list of things that you absolutely refuse to tolerate. And then the assignment was, well, let's figure out now exactly what it is that you want. Even if you meet some resistance, my cue to you was, you know what, you have to force yourself to identify what it is that you want. But I know there's still some resistance to this. So there's two coaching concepts here. One is how can we transition the mind so that we have freedom in our own brains, even though it sounds crazy to have that open canvas to create and envision and embrace exactly what it is that we want without any input or influence from other people needing their approval or anything like that. And then how do we put ourselves in the position to actually receive it? Okay, so with this one, what I'd like to actually teach and train on today is something called your subconscious mind. Now, in the beginning, this is going to sound kind of hokey, but I'm going to tell you straight up, this is actually a concept which is used um, in how we groom professional athletes. 
All right. So it's, it's sports psychology. It's not, you know, Nicole just pulling random shit out of her ass because she loves the nervous system. <laughs> you can look this up and, uh, I love the nervous system. I, I make no qualms about that, but you can actually, you know, do this and move yourself so that when you're meet, when you're meeting those times of resistance, like I'm not sure, or a lot of self doubt, I don't think I can do this excuse me, I can't even envision what this would be like. This is going to be a powerful strategy for you to do even without my standing over you, without any financial investment. Like you can totally do this anytime, anyplace, anywhere. And it's leveraging the power of your subconscious mind. All right. So this is what it looks like. Let's say that you know what? I'm going to give you a personal example right here. Um, it has to do with romantic relationships. So I'm 45 years old and I've never been married. And there was a time period where I was dating a lot and I've always dated with a high degree of intentionality. I never dated just to date. I dated because my goal, honest to God, I've always wanted to be married and have children and have a family. Well, that was not always the case with the individuals with whom I was dating. And I own the fact that I did not properly, you know, qualify some of these, they weren't even suitors, some of these individuals, these men for my time or my attention. I would say I didn't know any better and I didn't at the time. But either, even so, when you end up on a track and all of a sudden it was like with every guy I was dating their standards were dropping and so were mine. Looking back, I didn't see this at the time. It just seemed like every person I was dating, like it was getting worse and worse and worse and worse. And I finally, I can't even believe I'm going to say this, like I ended up, which is not characteristic of me. I don't end up anywhere. Like I'm very intentional about where I place myself but I ended up in two abusive relationships, kind of back to back. And I can't, I say this because I can't believe that it actually happened to me because of the level of my mental strength and mental tenacity that I have in every area of my life. It includes how I love. It includes, you know, I, a lot of this was my work ethic. You know, what I, I, it must, I must have to give more. Like, this must mean I have to work harder. But the harder I worked, the worse the relationship got. And eventually, um, I, I broke both of them off. And I decided to take myself off of the dating circuit because it seemed like I was dating, I guess, the same guy, just in a different body. But it was worse and worse. So it was just like the, it was this worst guy. And it got to the point where I'm telling you, I couldn't even imagine what a great relationship would even look like because I had no experience in it. And at the same time, all of my friends who were getting married, who had been getting married like while I was in my 20s and early part of 30s, they were circling around and now they were hitting like the seven-year itch or the 10-year like destruction time period and they were all complaining about their relationships. And I worked in an environment which was, per, which was like male-dominated industry and they were all bitching about their wives. And no matter where I went, everybody was complaining about their spouses. There was all kinds of like infidelities going on. And I had no exposure to a positive working marital relationship. Zero. I couldn't even picture it. Like it was so foreign from my mind. So for me, like when I goal set, I was aspiring to be a flight nurse. Like I could see it. I could feel it. I knew what it felt like to have a flight suit on me before I ever even stepped my first leg in that thing. And the very first time in 2006, when I was invited into that program, like that goal, that vision was so clear. I could not do that when it came to dating. That's how far separated I was, even though, you know, I knew there was such a thing, like I could see some people out there who seemed like they had great relationships. It was not within my realm of existence. Like I just couldn't get it. And so with this, that was one of the, this was one of the strategies that I learned on how to not bust through the resistance of my brain. It was, I had to learn how to work with my brain to soften up a little bit so that instead of resistance, I was then ready to receive 
the gift of having that quality man in my life. Does that make sense? So I think sometimes our our deal is we try to like push harder and push harder and push harder. And that's that's not always what is required when you are moving to a different station, you're moving to a next level, you're aspiring to a chain like a new goal. It's actually softening up a little bit and flowing with ease rather than trying to force or cajole. Okay, so here's going to be the example. I want to show you how cool your nervous system is. All right, so here's the example. All right, so let me have your attention here for one quick second. You know, sit up just one second. All right, here's the exercise. This is going to show you the power of your mind, okay, and how we train in my academy versus perhaps some other academies. Now, over here, this is what I'm going to ask you to do. I'm going to tell you or ask you, do not picture a yellow fire truck. Or how about this? Maybe you've never seen a yellow one. Do they make yellow ones? Yes, they do. They're ugly as hell. Sorry. (laughs) I love you guys. You know who you are. (laughs) Um, Don't picture a red fire truck. Don't do it. Whatever you do, don't do it. Don't do it. Do not picture a red fire. I said don't. Do not do that. Do not picture a red fire truck. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't. 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 Stop. Don't do it. But you did it, right? Like no matter how many times I told you not to do something, you did it. It was totally in your head. Like you couldn't stop it. It was there. And I know you're trying to think of like, you know, puppies and all this other stuff. It didn't matter. As soon as I tell you what not to do, all of a sudden your brain did it. That's how your brain works, okay? Usually if you tell yourself not to do something, (laughs) isn't that crazy? You want it all the more. All right, so that strategy of don't do this is not going to work when you are looking to get a result sometimes. What you're going to have to do is work in flow, okay? So when you coach with us, what we try to do, what we make every attempt to do rather is to tell you what we call coaching in the positive. We tell you what to do rather than what to avoid. We know that Anytime you're looking to make a change, there's only two things which pretty much drive human behavior. Either you do something because you're trying to, uh, you know, something gives you pleasure, you're going after something that you want, or you're looking to avoid pain in some capacity. The avoidance of pain will cause change, but it only takes you to a certain point. Because let's face it, sometimes when you're exposed to a lot of pain over and over and over and over and over again, you get used to it. And that becomes your normal. And then you never exceed and you never grow, right? We see that in abusive households. Like you get used to that level of pain. That's your new, that's your level of normal. When you train in a gym, like we are in pain pretty much the whole entire workout. And like every day afterwards, because we're always sore from the workouts, like you just adapt and like that's your new normal. So you don't even really know like, What is it to not be sore? Like that just becomes like how it is. It only takes you to a certain level. You have to then set your goal on what it is that I want. So you've got to be crystal clear about that. But when it comes to making that stretch, like I don't know how to even do this or become this because it's like I have all this mental resistance, enter the role of the subconscious mind. Okay, so your subconscious mind does not know the difference between fantasy and reality. Okay, so like your conscious mind is like you know that you are wherever you are right now. You're driving, you're sitting down, you're taking a walk, whatever it is. Okay, you know if it's day or night, so you know what's up. Okay, your subconscious mind is not that. Your subconscious mind is like a super receiver. And it actually programs your conscious mind to believe certain things, okay? So any information that comes in through your senses, things that you see, things that you hear, especially whether this is conversation, this is podcast, this is stuff that you read, this is motivation, this is, I don't know, what you hear at rallies or whatever, it starts to impress upon your mind things as truths, okay? Now, this can take you to the negative. Definitely, we know, like if you look at children, when they're exposed to violence, 
they're exposed to violence on video games, they're exposed to violence via um, videos and certain like rap songs, they're exposed to violence on TV, in different movies, like they become immune to it. And they also see that it's becoming rewarded and they go out and they do it. Like this is, that's how like that mob mentality starts to form. Okay. That's, that's their new, that's their normal. Okay. So it can move to the negative, but you can actually leverage that and move it to the positive. Okay. This is the role of your subconscious mind. So how do you, how do you stretch and become that person that you have never been before? And you really have no point of reference on how to do this because you're the one that has to lay with yourself at night, even though you have a coach or even though you have a trainer or somebody who's telling you what to do, you still are with yourself the rest of the day, right? Okay, so here's what you need to know. Your subconscious mind, as a review, does not know the difference between fantasy and reality. It does not know the difference between fact and fiction, and it does not understand jokes. And that subconscious mind, we had a little interruption there, so now I'm testing to see if I confuse these two segments together. The subconscious mind takes you literally. So it's really important when you are working on becoming intentional about your goals. You know, I think oftentimes when you're early on in your years, you simply go after the stuff that you want. You don't put much thought to it. But as you climb a ladder within an organization, you're building something, you're doing something which is totally new and you have some life experience and wisdom behind you, when you're trying to make a greater impact or you're in charge of like leading a group of people or an organization, now you, now the scale tips and intentionality is what is required. So you want to be very mindful about the sort of information that you allow into your mental space and at the same time, be mindful about how you're using your subconscious mind then to actually shift your way of thinking so that you lift the lid off of what you think is possible or what you think is capable or you're capable of and you're able to make a seamless and very uh, simple transition into what is probably like a new version of yourself, whether this falls up how you communicate, how you show up in your relationships, what you're willing to accept, what you're willing not to, any sort of professional aspirations that you have, health and fitness goals, whatever it is. So this is what it looks like. Okay, now your subconscious mind, I just told you, it is like a super receiver and it does not know the difference between fantasy and reality, that's fact and fiction, and it takes you literally. So any information that you feed it, it, it takes you for real. It doesn't even understand sarcasm. Like that's how straight up black and white legit this thing is. And what happens is that whenever you drip information in there, it starts to program your mind. Okay, now let's use this to the positive when you're switching and developing or growing into a better version of yourself or a different version of yourself. Okay, one that makes a more meaningful impact, one, you know, that commands their space at, you know, from a higher level. All right, you're moving, you're moving on up. Okay, here's, let's take a little sidestep. One thing that you, that will help you to understand is that when you're framing your goals now. It's very helpful if instead of saying, I want to uh, lose 50 pounds or I want to have a marriage that is full of love, unconditional love and uh, keeps my interest and we have peace and harmony and we have, you know, family parties, da, 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 da. When you state the goal and you leave it in an I want form, okay, like the grammar aspect of it, want still implies or brings with it that there's a level of struggle or um, kind of like a blockade that you have to overcome or a conquest that you have to conquer in order to actually achieve it. 
when you have that sort of like mental block and you can't visualize what the thing is that you want, we already demonstrated in that last exercise. If I tell you what not to do and you try to press through it, right? It was don't think of a red fire truck. Don't do it. Don't do it. But your brain is like, oh my God, I'm, I'm trying not to. I'm trying not to force myself. I'm trying to think of, you know, puppies and it didn't work. That's the same sort of issue that happens when you're setting your goals. So what I'm telling you is that when you're setting your goals, okay, rather than leaving it in a, I want to earn $50,000 a month net, what has to happen is you have to recalibrate what is normal to your, to your brain. Okay. People are meaning making creatures. Like we just, we need to make meaning out of everything. That's just how we are. Some people are really good at kind of like, let it flow, you know, let it go sort of a thing. But all in all, as you grow and you mature and you live in a society where you're held accountable for your actions, I should put that in there. You always, always try to like place a reference what happens and how do I compare this to what happened before and you know what does this mean moving forward what did I learn the lesson from so you're always kind of pulling that but with this tactic right here when we're recalibrating what you think is possible for yourself or for your organization you have to recalibrate you know your mind and to do so in flow rather than force and cajole, okay? So this is kind of like a two-step activity here. The words I am is a coaching concept. The two words I am are the two strongest words in the English language, and whatever you place after them becomes your reality. So when we're looking to program that subconscious mind, we're going to be you know, going over our goals. It helps if you word them in the I am form. For example, I am fit and healthy. I am a six-figure income earner per month. <laughs> How about that? I am the CEO of the greatest cookie company in the entire world. I am uh, a professional athlete. I am the best husband or wife. I am the spiritual leader of our household. I am... A working woman, I am an excellent communicator, you know, whatever it is, you word your goals in the I am sense, okay, as if you've already achieved it. Now, here's where it gets good, because the subconscious mind does not know the difference between fantasy and reality, fact and fiction, when you start rehearsing this goal, repeating this goal, your subconscious mind is like, oh, yeah, you are. Yes, you are. And as you do this repetitively, what happens is that subconscious mind goes to work on your conscious brain. And all of a sudden, without you even trying to force anything, you all of a sudden calibrate a new normal. And so now it doesn't seem as wide of a gap. I am a public speaker. Okay, right now, maybe you... <laughs> I can't even like, oh, I can't even like think of what to say before I get up on stage. I just kind of can't even think about getting up on stage, ah! right? That may be where you are. Well, when you start to rehearse this over and over and over again, all of a sudden it seems normal to you. Like as normal as I brush my teeth every day, or I am a man, or I am a woman, or whatever. I am a mom, I am a boss, I am an employee. Like the normal things about you, this other thing that seems so foreign to you also becomes normal. Okay, so this is where we start to leverage the power of the mind. Now, here's the cool, even cooler piece is that the subconscious mind, it is always in like a receptive form. It's always paying attention to you all the time, all the time. Your, your self-talk, whether it's negative or positive, whatever you hear, whatever you read, blah, blah, blah. But there's two points of the day when it's actually at its most receptive, Okay, and those two times of a day are right when you open your eyes in the morning and right before you drift off to sleep at night or when you drift off to sleep for my people who work night shift. <laughs> okay, and so during those times, that's when it's key for you to review your goals as stated in the I am form because again, 
your subconscious mind does not know the difference between fantasy and fiction or fantasy and reality, fact and fiction. It literally takes you literally. It doesn't understand sarcasm. It doesn't understand jokes. So if you tell it, I am a six-figure income earner every single month, okay, that's what you suddenly are. And guess what? Now when you wake up and you go about your day, you have a new calibration of normal and you automatically start taking action steps in the direction of the goal without your ever having to force yourself to do so because it's normal, okay? All of a sudden, you're like, yeah, you know what? I do this. You start to embrace that as your identity. You start to actually make the decisions as that person who does that thing, and you haven't even done any work yet. So now all of a sudden, if you're looking to become a, uh, a multi-unit real estate investor, all right, so like apartment buildings or something like that, all of a sudden now you find that you are looking on Zillow, you're driving through neighborhoods, looking for properties, you're looking in newspapers, you find yourself doing these things, even though before you, you couldn't even like imagine yourself having this identity, you automatically do it. And then you start studying other people who do it. Now you're in action. You're studying what successful people before you have done. You're following in their footsteps. And there is no resistance because now you are stepping into that identity. Is that not freaking cool? Is that not totally, completely powerful? I know it sounds hokey because probably you're at the point where the identity of the thing is so far away from you. Now I'm giving you the strategy and maybe you're like, <laughs> whatever, girl. Okay, but I'm telling you that this has to do with leveraging how dynamic your mind is, leveraging that power of the subconscious mind. Now we do this actually in sports psychology, different goal, but same concept. So a friend of mine was being groomed as a, as a pitcher. He was being groomed up into the pro level as a pitcher, I should say. And what he shared with me, we were talking about this concept uh, for a different purpose. I asked him if they had ever used the uh, process of visualization or something with um, him while he was training. And he said yes. So while I'm grooming you on like the vocabulary process of, of making the mental leap to be able to visualize, the concept still applies because what they do with professional athletes is they have them picture what it would be like to throw consecutive strikes before they ever even go onto the field. They don't even have a, a baseball in their hand. They're not on the pitcher's mound. There is nothing. They train them into a state of expectancy. You're here. The expectation is to you know, have a shutout every game. That's the expectation, okay? So I am the best pitcher in the whole entire world. I throw consecutive strikes, and they do this over and over and over and over and over and over again. And they then they take them through the next step of visualization, which we'll get to in another podcast, and that's actually the imagery once they put on that identity of being a the winningest pitcher, if you will, then they, they move through the imagery component of it where they see themselves with their eyes shut, still no baseball, they're still not on the field, they're not wearing a uniform or anything, and they're being walked through the step-by-step -step how they're going to stand, the smell of their mitt. Um, how the hat feels on their head. They're able to see the batter. They're able to see the strike zone. And they're watching themselves wind up, throw the ball. They're watching the ball move through the strike zone. And the pitcher swing or the, the batter swings and misses. And they picture this over and over and over and over and over. Like obsessively, obsessively, okay? Success requires obsession. And then... One day, they take them out onto the pitcher's mound, and they tell them to perform exactly the way that they had imagined it. And they do. And all of a sudden, now, they're throwing into the strike zone, throwing in the strike zone in practice before the game ever begins. Well, this is how you do it, right? You have to start with your goal. What is it that you want to achieve? Okay, pitchers don't come in saying, I hope that I can throw the ball far enough to cross home plate. I mean, it seems so ridiculous when you, 
right? The more you get into coaching, the more you realize like some of the shit that holds you back is so absurd, but you get caught up in your own mind because you think that that's just how it is. And you think that your case is so far gone and extreme, but other people experience the same exact thing as you do just in a different dimension. And so you'll end up laughing at the ridiculousness of it. And really, once you just clip that one little thread that is keeping you stuck, for whatever reason, all of a sudden now, it's like you have a brand new set of wings and you're able to fly. That's the image that I like to have. Now, some of the men that I coach, it's funny to see the differences in through the genders is when I, when we coach on this, one of them in particular, uh, I was just had the, the pleasure of coaching him over the weekend and uh, he talks about bricks. All of a sudden he goes, oh my God, I feel so much lighter. I finally put those bricks down. And I said, bricks? He goes, yeah, it's like you're carrying these cement bricks and they're scraping you and they're heavy. And all of a sudden you're just like, why do you have to hold on to these? Just put them down and walk away. And that's the image that he got in his mind. But that's that's what it is. When you snip that one little cord, you put the bundle of bricks down, you put down the suitcases, whatever it is that you're carrying along or something that's you know holding you to some stake in the ground, keeping you from moving forward, you feel so much lighter. And you laugh and it's so incredibly liberating that all of a sudden you're in action and it's awesome. Okay, so that's the beginning. Like, how do you even do this if you can't even imagine it? I put here together, if you go back through these podcasts, kind of like a step-by-step process, okay? So the art of recreating yourself, it's never too late to, to recreate yourself. I imagine at one point these are going to somehow be formatted into a logical way. But right now, this is my stuff. I don't give a shit. Follow it in order. It's all great content for you. And if you would, please share it. If there's people that you think would honestly benefit from this information, please invite them onto the podcast. You can find me up through Anchor. Uh, This also comes through on Spotify. It comes through Apple iTunes. I'm pretty sure on all of those um, platforms that you'll find it into the Transformation Gold Coaching and Training Academy. I'm learning this as I go, and I'm finding that no matter what device I'm on, sometimes things show up differently. So I'm learning, (laughs) recreating myself as we go too. But please, everything that we do here, we're growing organically. I don't pay for followers. I'm not charging, you know, money for enrollment or participation or even for your your being able to consume any of this information. You know, the, one of the initiatives behind my academy is I want to have a zero barrier entry um, point for individuals who find themselves at that transition point and they need some kind of oxygen, okay, to help them make that move forward, all right? I've been there. Um, I have completely, completely, like, freaking torched my, I call it my previous life. I come from a nursing background. I had put in nearly 20 years as a registered nurse uh, in critical emergency and trauma care of incredibly sick individuals. I had a developed network and I decided that it no longer fit. And I wanted to have more command over my day. I wanted to have uh, higher, higher income opportunities and I wanted to be able to make a greater impact in the world. But by doing so, I didn't take a lateral job transfer. Yeah, I took some nursing jobs and I just, I couldn't do it anymore. It was almost like I was rejecting it. It was horrible. And when you leave a secure paycheck, as you have with nursing and all of the overtime opportunities, your income stream goes from whatever it is to zero. And even though when I started this, I had money in the bank. I also am very much one of those opportunity-seeking entrepreneurial types, and I took all of the money that I had in, uh, saved up. It was six months worth of um, like cash reserves, and I haven't used credit cards since 2008 either, so I've been 100% cash operation. And what I did was as I actually moved all of that money to put up what actually was my very first, I think, official business venture, and that was to put 
a baking company. Uh, I had designed and created actually a baking company that was free of seven of the top food allergens on the market. And it, I didn't do it via Farmer's Market Avenue. I actually put it into a mainstream bakery. And of course, that required capital in order to be able to purchase equipment and ingredients and all this stuff. However, it was not a right fit. Um, I know that I had great product. It was a wonderful experience because I certainly learned a lot. But what I learned was it wasn't enough to wake me up in the morning. I found that I actually, even though, man, it would be a simple profit tool for me to just push forward on making cookies, I still am very committed to like prevention and being healthy in all realms. And so when I made that company, Everything that I do with education and training and all of this, the personal and professional development aspects that I coach and train on now, those were supposed to be my own in-house coachings and trainings for my employees. Because I was thinking, you know what, people don't necessarily stay at one particular organization anymore unless they have vested interest. We see it, you know, with um, people who are unions, definitely they stay for a long period of time. But really, people's loyalty nowadays is, is not very long. And if they're not going to be staying with me, then at least I'm going to be pumping out better people into the world. And or if I invest in them and do it well, that's going to increase their loyalty and perhaps they will stay. I want to have the best people staying with me. I don't want the crust that I've seen infecting, that's the word, infecting other organizations um, in with which I had worked in the past. I just refuse to have that. So as I was doing that, um, it's such an interesting way life has gone is that people got word of what I was doing. Because there was a time actually I was starting to unroll some of my personal professional development while I was still in a teaching and public speaking capacity while building this uh, gluten and allergen free baking company. And so then there were decision makers who saw it, who heard it, who then wanted me to come into their organizations and train either their employees or use the coaching and trainings for themselves as the decision makers, as the C-level executives to move themselves to the next level so they could grow the organization or you know whatever was happening on their personal front as well. And so it became this really interesting business model where initially it was my own stuff for my own company, my own employees. And now all of a sudden we were pumping out all this information that was just having like marked, marked results on the individuals who were listening to it in all capacities of their life. And I was glad when I made that decision to shut down the the baking and the food service aspect of the company because it what it for me okay I everybody has gifts and everybody does their own thing it wasn't it wasn't why it was put on the planet um, you know perhaps like the development of the recipes I know that I served a lot I served the kids in my family who have massive food allergies first of all I mean how awesome is it that they can you know have great holidays and not worry about dying <laughs> but aside from that I mean it, it changed it changed how I thought as a business leader it changed how I thought about everything that what do I really want to do do I simply want to sell cookies which would be you know like liquid crack people like addicted to it but I, I don't want to just have people addicted to cookies I want to be pumping better people out into the world and I want people to be able to, you know, get some oxygen underneath their wings because every one of us, regardless of whether or not your transition is voluntary, like mine was voluntary, going from nursing pay to what was at the end of that first business venture, nothing. I had no food. My home went into foreclosure. I mean, shit happened and it happened like fast and furious and I didn't have a team. And it was so scary um, and really lonely. And I don't want anybody to be out there and lose hope that you can't, 
you know, pop your head back up out of the water again, even though you feel like you're drowning. Okay, I want to be sure that, you know, you have you have that ability to, to yank yourself out when you feel like you're moving through the forest and like, oh my God, this is getting worse and worse. And the more primal your instincts come into survival, the less creative thought you have. And it's at those times, those critical moments when you actually have to start thinking creatively how to get yourself out of a situation when dire straits hit. Because the other thing that was happening was that I, I couldn't go back to nursing. It was so weird. This is like a story for a different day. But, you know, things were like down and out. And I couldn't. I tried to go back to nursing. And every time I went back, I would get like ferociously sick. So it was like I could. Uh, there was it was a, a no win situation. And so thank God for social media. And that's one of the platforms that I continue to use with this is that there were people on social media who gave me suggestions on what to do, like how to make money out of no money. And I started hosting cooking classes out of my house. But instead of accepting payment for them, uh, I had asked the individuals, they bring food for themselves and then they bring food for me. So I had food and you know, kind of like worked my way up from there. But wherever you are in your life, you will always find that when you keep tight with your faith, the right people will put themselves in front of you and they will be willing to help you. But it's during the times when you are chiseling away at the shit and perhaps you are not certain of who your inner circle is or you have an idea and you are surprised that it's not the people who you thought it would be or you're surrounded by boatloads of negativity or you haven't officially, you know, left a particular relationship or situationship um, you're sitting in that gray zone and it can seem oftentimes like whatever the obstacle is that you are facing seems unsurmountable. I guarantee you that as long as you are awake, as long as God woke you up, I should put it that way this morning, and you have breath in your nose, I'm telling you, it is never too late for you. It's never too late to start over. You are never too far gone. I mean, you are simply not. This is where the power of your mind comes in and developing that champion mindset that, yes, I am beaten down. Yes, I cannot see three feet in front of my face. I am 100% in survival mode. This is where when you start to hear information that, oh my God, okay, she said the subconscious mind, I got to start reviewing my goals, you know, first thing in the morning, last thing before mine, I think that she's, or before bed, I think she's fucking crazy, but I'm going to do it anyway. And then all of a sudden you start to see a little bit of those results and you're like, holy shit, this is 100% legit, right? And then you take the next step. That's all it takes is one little breath one little oxygen molecule to get into your lungs and breathe some breath and life back into whatever your situation is. Okay. So for today, this is Nicole Devencenis. I thank you for being on this podcast. I thank you for your patience and, and your cooperation with some of the technical snafus that we have on here. And I look forward to serving you and your friends for many years to come. My best to you. Make it a great day.